Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome to the Yam Bar Podcast. Brian Barcelo hosted this episode. Today's guest, Mike. How you doing, man? All right, Brian. How you doing? Oh, fantastic. It turns out the big guava. What is it? And um, when it comes to guava, does size matter? <laughs> you got me uh, right off the bat. Huh? You're going to hit me with that one. <laughs> Guava is a book that a friend of mine wrote. His name is uh, West Singletary. He goes by uh, the pen name on this particular book is uh, Doc Charles. Uh, and, and that's what he's going by on this book. But it's a, it's a book, a noir crime book uh, with references to Tampa throughout. It's, a, it's basically, it takes place in Tampa. It's a modern day uh, noir. Uh, and... Uh, and I, you know, I, I I had been talking to him. I, I found out what he was uh, what he was doing, and the way I work, you know, things inspire me. And as soon as they do, uh, I took off and I, I wrote a song about it, and he loved it. And next thing you know, it's promoting, and and uh, I love the song. I love the feel of it. I, I love the story, uh, and, and I hope that people uh, embrace the book, Big Guava. It's on Amazon, and it's on. Um, uh, Barnes and Nobles online also. So. Now, when you said the inspiration for the song, which I love, by the way, the video is fantastic. Um, does did the book I say inspire it directly, or is it just your feelings of the book? It it was based. The song was written by just looking at the cover, my conversations with uh, Doc, and looking at that back. Uh, they have a, a preface. Uh, uh, maybe two paragraphs, three paragraphs describing the book. Uh, and, uh, and there was a phrase in there uh, where the main, he was talking about the main character walking uh, and working best in the shadows in between. And I took that phrase right there and that's, that, that became the theme of the song, the shadows in between the stuff that happens, the, you know, uh, and, and you know, Tampa has got a rich history. It's a beautiful city. Uh, a lot of beautiful places, uh, tropic atmosphere. Uh, it does have a history of, uh, you know, mm -hmm. uh, crime. You know, so. Understood. Yeah, it's kind of like uh, where it doesn't nowadays, you know. <laughs> and check this out, Mike. Um, the Big Guava. First of all, like, really, what is a guava and why is it called the Big Guava? Uh, guava is an affectionate term, uh, you know, and, and I'm sure. West probably uh, or Doc probably uh, mentions it because it, it's an affectionate way of describing Tampa. Uh, maybe the Ebor City area, the Latin areas of Tampa, uh, Ebor City, West Tampa. Uh, and a guava is uh, a fruit that grows on a tree uh, around here in, in these parts. And uh, over here, we have different delicacies that we have with guava, the guava turnover, the guava pastry with cheese. So it's, you know, a, a Latin delicacy, uh, a fruit, and it's, it's almost like a passion fruit, but uh, a little bit different. Mm -hmm. Without any spoilers, can you tell us a little bit more about the book? No, I can't. I haven't read the whole book. He's, I've got a copy on the way right now. Mm -hmm. uh, he's, he's got a signed copy. And uh, the other thing, that he included in the book. And this is cool too. Uh, when you open it up and you look at the first few pages, there's one blank page that has the, uh, the quote, I remember Tampa and she remembers me, which is a song 
that I wrote also that talks about growing up in Tampa, uh, the the places that are you know the, the places that are not here anymore. Uh, it also addresses the future of Tampa, and it's it's a beautiful love song to the city. But uh, he wanted to uh, use that in, in as a quote in the book, and uh, and allowed him to do so. And he gave it. It's just that one line in all the white space it looks beautiful. Yeah, I like the way you guys are putting your town on the map. I mean, you know, I always figured if um, you want people to get into your city, you got to get into yourself. Yep, yep. No, and, and, you know, I've been telling them since the beginning uh, because this is the way I think. uh, Even if we fall short, that's fine. But I've been telling – I've been thinking screenplay from the beginning. Uh, It's due time. uh, And, and, you know, that's kind of – I've got songs that – I've already looked at different scenes in the movie in my head and I'm, and I've got songs, you know, about Tampa, about the area. Uh, and, and of course the big wildest anyway. So I've got a few songs that I'm, I'm picturing scenes in my head and everything, but the screenplay, you know, Tampa is an area that is growing for the movie industry. Uh, they've been, uh, you know, we've had a couple of big uh, films over here in the past, the Punisher, uh, with John Travolta many years ago, it wasn't a, a great movie, but it was uh, a big movie. Um, uh, there's been several others uh, that we've had, and we're trying. I'm, I'm sure the city's trying to uh, entice some more films over here. And I'm, you know, I'm thinking this would be a beautiful thing for Tampa. Uh, a nice screenplay, a book, uh, you know, about that criminal element, uh, but also displaying the beauty of the city. Understood. You know, a matter of fact, though, since you mentioned um, The Punisher, one of my favorite movies, I actually enjoyed that one. Didn't really? know, yeah, didn't know it was situated in Tampa, so I'm going to watch it again tonight if yeah. I can find it online. The other, the other one you might want to check out, and you probably know this one, uh, it was, I can't remember how long it goes, I've, I've lost my track of time, Cop and a Half. I don't know if you remember that. With no, Burt I don't. Re- Burt Reynolds, uh, you, you can look it up, Cop and a Half, it's cute, it's, it's cute, it's not bad, uh, and that was all all the familiar places uh, being filmed throughout that film. You know what? I'm going to definitely check that out just so I can get you know, a view of Tampa. It's been quite a few years since I've been to Tampa. Um, long time ago, I'll say about maybe 12 years ago when I was living in Orlando, I did um, some um, temp work. And uh, we went to Tampa to install some beer belly railings. It was like a fancy place there. That's really all I remember about it. But what I did see was a beautiful place. Yeah, now, it is. It's, I mean, I'm born and raised. I <clears throat> never want to go nowhere, you know. Understood. Now, check this out, Mike. Exactly what it is that you do. You seem multi-talented. I know you sing, right? You write songs. And then I hear you talking about the screenplay. And I'm wondering if you're going to have a hand in perhaps writing. No, no, not absolutely not. Uh, you know, I, I'm limited to uh, short-term uh, thoughts and, and, and ideas. Uh, I, you know, I like songwriting because that's the way that is. I can't do novels. I can't do screenplays, but uh, I love songwriting and I, I love writing in conjunction, you know, with film. Uh, I've had a couple of, uh, couple of songs, uh, in films before independent films, nothing huge, but I love it. You know, I love to see, I love to hear the, the song, you know, embellishing a scene. Uh, and I love to see the way it looks on the screen uh, and, and how people, what ideas people come up with. But anyway, uh, no, no, no part in the screenwriting. Uh, just uh, it's just a dream only as a vehicle for uh, the songwriting. Mm-hmm. 
you know, the, the as far as um, the screenwriting, really why I mentioned it, I noticed how you write posts, you know, on Facebook. And um, I wish I could write like you. I, I can't, I, you know, how... I don't know how to put it. Just the way you write, it just seems like natural and you know what to say to people. And it seemed like that would translate to writing, perhaps a screenplay or something. Well, you never, <laughs> you never know. I, you know, maybe it, it translates to the songwriting. I don't know. But uh, uh, it, sometimes what seems like a simple phrase, I might take an hour to compose. Even ah. You know what I'm saying? Uh, so don't let uh, that. <laughs> don't let that fool me. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I appreciate your honesty. No, no, I get locked up, uh, especially uh, verbally. And, uh, and when we're speaking, I'll get locked up constantly. Uh, same thing on paper, same thing on, on, on digital and, and, and texting, whatever. I have to think about what I'm saying, you know, uh, and work it out. You know, I, I use word processors on the phones and constantly. You know? mm. uh, yeah, I'll tell you, I'd love to help that Facebook gives me from time to time. They'll have suggestions of things to say up underneath. Oh, man. <laughs> See, I'm the worst at that. I'll eat, I'll eat myself alive with those, man. You know, <laughs> I didn't say that. Right. I didn't, God almighty. Hey, Mike, how long you been making music, man? Oh, man, uh, I, I would say 1979. Uh, I began writing, uh, I remember the first song I wrote, uh, and I have a, everything stored somewhere in some form. Uh, I, I haven't been able to record everything, uh, but I've made a conscious effort over the past uh, few years uh, uh, to record as clearly as possible the ideas as much as many as possible, and. Uh, and just put them out there and, and plant the seed, whether it be on YouTube. YouTube is my main channel, but mm -hmm. uh, YouTube or Reverb Nation or whatever, uh, just get it out there. Time's running out, brother. You know, so Understood. Uh, you know, you you feel that. I mean, twenty twenty was huge, man. Uh, you know, that sense of mortality was all over the place. Uh, mm -hmm. So uh, I probably put, I mean, I probably put published about five anthologies on. Mm -hmm. uh, on uh, CD Baby, and you mm -hmm. know CD Baby, they throw it out there everywhere. And so right. once once you have it on there, it's on Pandora, it's on uh, uh, Spotify, it's on all, all the vehicles. So I love that. You know, it's uh, those mm -hmm. are things that we didn't have when I was young in '79 and those years prior to 2000, prior to this digital age. Uh, we didn't have we all we had was the only way we could get heard is send out stuff in the mail uh, on a cassette tape with a letter mm -hmm. and, you know, shooting in the dark. Now mm -hmm. we get hurt for sure. Yeah. Yeah, a, yeah, maybe a little payola to the DJs. Yeah. Uh, yeah, really. yeah. <laughs> it does sound like, um, you mentioned that you had um, some more, some of your work in some independent films. Do you recall the names of the films? So perhaps, perhaps we could check them out. Yeah. One, one of the films, uh, <clears throat> it's called uh, Avalanche. Avalanche, okay. Yeah, yeah. And, and there's two films. If you Google it, there's one that was done in the 70s. The the newer Avalanche, you'll notice it. It's got a pink uh, graphic to it, uh, and uh, and they got trailers on it. It was available on Amazon for a little while. I don't know that it's on there anymore or where you can actually see it. Understood. But the trailers are on YouTube for sure. And uh, it was basically about a uh, a man uh, 
his wife and his wife's lover. And mm. it's a three person setting. They're in the house. They get uh, they're uh, you know, they're all in the house and the interaction between them all. Uh, it was, you know, it was a decent independent film. It was uh, it was not a stellar film, but uh, it, it was a decent effort. Uh, the gentleman that produced it, his name escapes me right now, as, as many okay. thoughts do. <laughs> yeah. But uh, but uh, he, uh, you know, he invested a good chunk of change uh, making it happen. And it looked pretty good. It, it's, it's nice. And the trailer features the I Remember Tampa uh, that I wrote. And it's pretty cool. The, the, the Tampa comes into play because the lover had been to Tampa in his past and he wanted the his girlfriend and him to move to Tampa. He had this dream of the beauty of it and everything. You know, it's kind of like uh, the setting, I, you know, the, some of the things I say in Big Guava about, uh, you know, uh, the beauty, uh, the surrounding beauty, and and, and, and the tropic uh, uh, atmosphere of the city. So, but anyway, that was uh, Avalanche. Avalanche, yeah, we're gonna look for that one too. Now, on um, Big Guava, <clears throat> excuse me. Now, once again, is this a detective. I know I heard. Um, is it like a detective or a police story? Yeah, there's a there's a, a there's a cop in it. And what what I get in these mm-hmm. movies uh, is there's a uh, well, in, in, in these movies, that's why I'm thinking. But, uh, but what I get in these books, uh, you know, is in uh, some of these stories is you got the bad guy, you got the good bad guy, and you got the bad bad guy. Nobody's squeakly clean. So we got some nuance. And that's that's you know, like uh, 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 an example is uh, Once Upon a Time in the West. If you've ever seen that, there's Charles Bronson. He's a Charles Bronson is a good bad guy. Henry Fonda is a really bad bad guy. Mm-hmm. You know, but uh, anyway, uh, so the cop, the main character is a guy named Frank. I think it's Frank Longo. Uh, no, no, not Frank. Uh, I can't remember right now, okay. but I know his his, uh, his last name is Longo. And mm-hmm. uh, uh, he is uh, he's got a little, you know, some some dark spots in him, but uh, he's out for the best, you know, and and. and uh, he's he's out to uh, be as good as he can. Mm-hmm. You know, I hope that it's. I love um, detective novels or any kind of um, story where they talk to me, where somebody's narrating. You know, it was a cold and rainy day. You know, when I pulled yeah. up. Yeah, I love those kind of books. Yeah, buddy. Yeah, <laughs> I, I watch them all the time. I I mean, I spend a lot of time uh, watching uh, uh, classic uh, movies, uh, Turner classic movies. And oh, yeah. even on YouTube, I'll, I'll sit and I'll watch uh, B flicks and, and and noir movies that I'm always looking for something that I haven't seen, mm-hmm. or something that I really love, like like a good song. You you watch it over and over again, and you know it's it's just the feeling that it creates. You know, like uh, the Maltese Falcon uh, with uh, mm-hmm. uh, Bogart. You know, it's a beautiful film, man. Beautiful. Right. Makes no, no sense at all. The plot, though. <laughs> well, no, what year? It, what year? Maltese Falcon came out. Do you recall roughly? Maybe forty something. I, I I don't know. I was about to say I love movies from so the fifties. Yeah. yeah, so stylish. You know. Yes. Yeah. The the people back then they didn't have the special effects to rely on, you know. So they had to tell great stories. That was I, that was the same thing with the uh, uh, with the uh, the monster movies of, of the time. Uh, you know, Frankenstein, uh, Dracula. 
Uh, you didn't see the gore, which was cool. You all all it did was suggest it and scared the hell out of you. you know? The day the earth stood still, when the big robot came and snuck up behind him and smashed their heads together, but you know, yeah. it didn't show anything, but we still one of my all-time favorite science fiction movies. That's yeah. that's a beautiful movie. Yeah, it is. You know, um, when you mentioned um Once About Time in the West, I said it's one of my favorite movies, in particular that music. That oh, music in there keeps me coming back. Bro, bro, that's what drew me in. That's what drew me in and continued to draw me in. Uh, the scenes with Claudia Cardinal, uh, she's so beautiful in that movie. Mm. She's so beautiful. And and you hear that, uh, I don't know what it is, like sirens, you know, uh, in, in uh, uh, what's his name? Uh, Mar Mar Marconi or something Carson like that. Marconi, something, yeah. Yeah. Oh, man. They, they've I've, I've seen them reproduced on YouTube the uh, symphonies. Yes, they're magnificent. They're magnificent man. You yeah. um oh I wish I could recall their name. It's one I watch in particular. Uh, I don't know if they're like from Switzerland or something like that. But their symphony orchestra is amazing. Yeah, yeah. Well, this one has if you if you Google how the West I mean how the West was one that's another good one. But if you Google uh once upon a time in the West Marconi and on YouTube you'll see this orchestra and. Everything you you think it somehow was a synthetic sound? Nah, it was done with all these little, you know, uh, voices or whatever. You know, we uh, must have saw the same one. The guy had a gigantic drum, and he was rolling. It. <laughs> yeah, the wind or something. Yeah. Yes. yes. Yeah. Incredible! It was incredible that, that, piece that, of work. That that movie, there was no music at all. There was nothing said. Nothing for the first seven or eight minutes of the film. All you heard was uh, the the fly buzzing, or you know something, the crackling of this, the wind. Uh, but there was nothing. You know, I was. We did a paper. I helped my grandson do a paper on, it, and I learned a little bit about it. But uh, and, and then later, as the mu music begins, it's a it's an epic uh, symphony. Uh, it's a beautiful piece. Beautiful. Piece. It, it really is. I it listen is. to it um, quite often. Matter of fact, and. I'm going to make it about me. I actually wrote a song called Once About a Time in Love and was heavily influenced by yeah. Once About a Time in the West. The I notes can, are very similar, not the same, but very similar. I can, yeah. I can put that movie on time, time and just sit there and, and let it play in the background. Man. Just, yeah, you know, man. I love it, man. It's, it's a great story, great film. I never realized it when I was coming up. Uh, I never uh, really got into it until I was an adult later on in life. Uh, yeah, absolutely yeah. correct. Same thing happened with me. Um, I was aware of the movie, but that music didn't strike me. I don't know, like I said, until well into my 40s, I guess. And when I heard it, it just touched me. I'm like, wow, this is beautiful. Yeah, it, so is. Like, it is. Yeah, it kept going back for it. Now, before we get too far, um, like for you to mention where people can find your work and once again, where they can get the book, The Big Guava and Who's Buy and so mm -hmm. forth. All right. Uh, my work is predominantly found on YouTube. You can mm -hmm. Google uh, Baluja, B-A-L-U-J-A on YouTube, or you can Google my first name, Mike Baluja. I usually go by my last name. It's, you know, what I started doing from the beginning. Uh, but uh, either one, uh, the, the account on YouTube is Mike Baluja. So, but, uh, and it'll lead you to my channel. The channel's got albums. The channel's got videos. Probably so, some of them are personal, but most of them are music. Uh, and it's like I tell I tell people, you're not gonna like everything that's on that channel, mm -hmm. but there's gonna be some things that you find on it that really uh, touch you and, and stay with you and, and leave an impression on you. Uh, 
Uh, some be, gems on there. Yeah, it just could be could be one out of every 25, 30 songs. Who knows? Because I do a lot of different genres. You know, I do acoustic guitar, you know, uh, uh, kind of bare, uh, uh, bare vo- uh, uh, productions, right. uh, unplugged stuff. I do uh, a lot of loops and a lot of samples. And that's been my way to do the more pro- produced work because, you know, I, I can't afford studio musicians. I can't afford studio time. The loops and samples allow me to at least simulate it. And, and you know, uh, I have to make sacrifices and I have to adapt melodies, almost go out the window. I have to adapt my style to the loops and samples, but it's a fair trade-off. If, if you, you know, every once in a while, you, you know, you run into something really nice, you know? Understood. Now, do you have a musical background? I mean, do what instruments do you play in and all of that? Very, very little uh, theory. Uh, you know, I, I, I studied some theory for a little bit, abandoned that like I did uh, a French class. You know what I mean? <laughs> I, and if you don't stay with it, uh, you lose it. So it's pretty much uh, I, I started on the acoustic guitar uh, and uh, I learned well enough not not well not as much not as good as i'd like to be but mm-hmm. i learned well enough to strum and and create the songs and uh and get the ideas down and then later in life like i said i with technology uh you know i morphed into some other things and into the computer generated music that's uh, also about to ask you do you have a home studio i do i've got a, a tac uh eight track digital recorder um i've got uh, a little preamp that goes into it uh I, I i usually will use uh you know whatever i create the music track on it could be garage band it could be acid loops uh i use a, a product called uh, or a service called tune pocket who's it called tune pocket tune okay pocket. now these these the yeah the, you pay it you pay a certain fee per year and they, it's like if you were doing videos and you wanted to add music to it. But some of those tracks, I cut up and, and they sound great, man. I, I can't, I can't reproduce that, you know. Right. And, uh, and and I will create the song. Uh, some sometimes they're almost identical to some of the songs I've written already. And and as far as being able to translate them to to that vehicle, and it's as clean as you can sound. And I, you know, it's great. You know? Quality, I understand. But, and now, it, it, obviously, if, if if anything ever happened with one of those songs, I'd have to go and reproduce it in the studio with my own music. But mm-hmm. uh, at least to get these ideas going and everything, the Garage Band was instrumental. Uh, the the Magics uh, or so- Sony they bought Magics uh, loops, samples, beats. I have got a library of those things, that, you know, a uh, hundred gigabytes uh, strong. You know. Understood. But, yeah, I mean, I love samples. Um, I was under the impression that you know when I started doing music, um, I, f- I looked at it almost like cheating in a sense. But really, I was getting that from online. But now I don't even see it that way. I mean, music is music to me. And who's yeah. going to sit up here and um, I mean, as far as drums, I mean, how many drum beats can you make? I mean, you know what I'm saying there's so many different drums out you here. You know, I've I've heard this time and time again throughout my life, and I believe mm-hmm. it. There's no new ideas, okay? Uh, you know, they, we just keep on uh, bringing them up and, and reinventing them according to the technology of our time, to the sound of our time. But, you know, a good song 
is a good song is a good song uh, good good lyrics are good lyrics is you know but nothing hasn't there's no untapped territory you know uh, everything's been talked about everything's been written about uh, we just have to uh, we just try to do it with our own flavor Mm -hmm. Yeah, when you were saying um, some of the tracks that you found, they have sound kind of similar to what you was working on. I imagine it's probably chord progressions. Oh, uh, you know, chord got, progression. I, you know, I yeah. got I got this one song that mm -hmm. I just put out recently called "Modern Man." I wrote it. I can't tell you how many years ago. Uh, at least uh, a quarter of a century ago. Uh, I, it was on my first CD that I produced in two thousand, mm -hmm. and uh, and. That was a little bit different version, but but the bottom line is when I heard this particular track, I was able to cut it up perfectly, and, and exactly like my song was, you know, exactly like I had originally envisioned with pretty much the same chords. It might be a, a, a different key, but it was one that I could sing to, which I can't find too many I can sing to these days. <laughs> Fair, limited range, you know, and if you hear me, you know, I mean... Uh, uh, I'm a little deeper and I, 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 I'm not going high. I'm not uh, Tony Bennett. I'm not uh, <laughs> Tom Jones. Uh, uh, I do what I can do as best I can. You stay right in your lane. You know, your yeah. lane. you stay right in your lane. You no. Know, and I figured if you, if you work within your limitations, there, there are no limitations within those limitations. You know, you can, you can do some really nice things. And I've been able to, uh, surprise myself sometimes. I think you have a fantastic voice. Have you tried any uh, country songs? Uh, yeah, I got a couple. I got a couple, uh, and you you would probably find them uh, if you sort it through. Not many, but I, there are there are a few. There's there's one I I, I recently redid again. Uh, um, uh, what was it? Uh, something. It was a fishing song. It was uh, it was about going to the Gandy Bridge and throwing the line, and it was a, I loved it, man. It's uh, <laughs> All right, on gonna gonna have a good time. That was it. It was gonna have a good time, and it's on YouTube also, and it's got a little country feel. You can hear it when you when you listen. But uh, uh, a little, little bit of country, uh, a little bit of rock, a lot of you know, a little bit of rock. Uh, you know, I, it's hard to des describe some of the moods uh, that I get into because the loops that I use are, are very. Uh, I guess you call it electronic, you know? Right. Yeah, you know, uh, especially if people try to categorize music and stuff, I have a trouble with that one myself because, you know, when I write songs, I'm not thinking genre, I just write a song. I have noticed that about you. Uh, <laughs> you yeah, no, I've noticed you, you know, you got your hands in a lot of fires too. <laughs> you know? Yeah. So I, no, no, I, I've seen it, in, uh, I, uh, you know, between the video and, 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 and well, even even this particular show, it's an ambitious effort. Uh, it's a good idea. It's a it's a great thing. You know? so. I appreciate it. You know, and then mention it. Um, like someone makes this about me, but this program is podcast. Um, Dome Homes was like always on my mind. I see people in these storms, and the house gets torn down. Just got a. 10-minute notification. <laughs> anyway, um, yeah, I've seen these houses torn down and um, people crying and talking about we're going to rebuild, but then the houses get knocked down 
again a few years later and they're back on TV again. We're going to rebuild. And so I said, it's got to be a better way. So I learned about Dome Homes. And I said, let me try to tell people about Dome Homes. There's an alternative. And then yeah. from there, I said, well, I got friends online, you know, trying to do things. So that's kind of what prompted it. And then me, I just love all kinds of things, science, music, whatever and stuff. So I said, if I have a show, we'll talk about everything and stuff. <laughs> oh, and by the way, I appreciate you so much for accepting the invite to do this podcast. No, it's been a pleasure, and I, I'll take every opportunity I can to, uh, as I said before, plant the seed. Uh, you know, it, it's a pleasure uh, uh, meeting you, not live, but at least right. uh, good. aside from uh, not being able to see you, not the first time we've ever talked. So I, I appreciate the invite. Yeah, I appreciate you so much. Another thing, we're getting down to it. As customary on this podcast, I'd like to give them a guess. Um, parting words, last words, anything you got to say, anything you want to talk about. And um, another thing, I do appreciate that um, video that you made for the song that I wrote called People. And RDB also said thank you. I'm sorry, um, Doc. Doc <laughs> Robinson, yeah. What? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, when I first met him, it was already be so controlling, but now it's Doc P. Rubinson. But he said thank you and stuff. You know, that's one of those things, man. That's the way things happen. That's the way uh, most of my collaborations have occurred because I got inspired by a certain word, a certain song, a certain whatever. Uh, and, uh, you know, I've worked on several of them over the past uh, few weeks, as a matter of fact. You, uh, a guy named Steve Meany. Uh, did a song called Stay that he called, I remember. I saw a live uh, version of that uh, on uh, him doing the guitar. I took off with that. Uh, uh, what's in the... Damn. Big Daddy, Christopher Martinez. That was a good song. Uh, mm. Big Daddy, I put, some, I put one of those uh, funk beats to it uh, from... Uh, the service I told you about, mm -hmm. you got to go, go look at that one. Uh, Big Daddy, it's on my recent list. I'll uh, check it out. But anyway, I love collaborating. I love being inspired. I love being creative. I love God. Yeah. That's what's up. Mike, I think um actually one time before we mentioned somewhere in the conversations online, um, do you have a plan or do you, or do you have a plan or do a live performance? Uh, I don't think so. I, you know, my days of live performing, uh, have been over for a long time. I, I I never dug it. I never dug it. I never thrived on it. I never, you know, it was always a little bit intimidating to me. And I'm not the only one. I know other other artists, good artists that feel that way, you know. Right. Uh, so, you know, it just was never my bag. Would I do it if I had to? Probably. But I, I dig the, the writing, the recording, the producing, mm -hmm. the video work, uh, you know, that end of it. Right, understood. Yeah, I was just thinking those um coffee houses. I'm sure they have some in um Tampa. I always I always do this little vision of myself doing that in my head, but it never has just, just didn't do it. <laughs> when I was young, I did open mics and stuff like that around uh -huh. here. And I did the little, you know, I, I thought I was Dylan or something, you know, and <laughs> I found a place like that. And that's what, you know, that's that's what I was doing. But uh these days, uh, you know, I just I, I never I never continued. I never uh, thrived on the audience uh, in that manner, in in the in the manner of views and listens and watches and shares and likes. I'm I, I love engaging in that, you know. But as far as live, the latest project right now, I'm working on a song for a child. Uh, I work for this uh, organization. Been doing it for about 15 years now. Uh, it's called Songs of Love, 
and and uh, John Belzer is the uh, leader of that particular organization. He, he founded it. Uh, uh, his brother passed away, I think, at the age of 20, and he began this nonprofit uh, organization that commissions writers from around the country uh, to write personalized songs for uh, children with life-threatening illnesses. It's a uh, it's a double-edged sword, you know. I, I enjoy the privilege of being able to do that and put smiles on these uh, children's faces. Uh, but, uh, you know, it's hard to say I, I've written over a hundred songs for them. Uh, you know, you don't, I, I wish there was no songs I wrote for them. Understood. You know? <laughs> but uh, it's a great organization. Uh, and, uh, and I encourage uh, if you're a writer, maybe you can help. Uh, you can get in touch with them, Songs of Love. All you have to do is Google them, and you'll be able to touch base with them. If you are uh, just uh, an interested uh, party, they're always looking for uh, donations. Uh, they, they can use them, and it's a worthy cause. Uh, you can read all about them. There's, uh, you know, there's some magnificent uh, people over there just doing some magnificent work on the basis of music heals. Yeah, that's really good. Um, what is it? Laughing the best medicine and music heals. <laughs> that's yeah. pretty good. No, I, and some of the best accolades I've ever had in my life are letters from the parents of those children telling me, and, and I probably had five or six of them sent to me. Mike, you hit the nail on the head. You know, I can't believe it. He loved it. She loved it. Uh, you know, it just, uh, th those are better than, uh, you know, any Grammy I could conceive of. Yeah. Just, never, um, oh, yeah, it might. Um, getting down to it, I'm going to say goodbye to everybody. One moment, please. I'm going anywhere. Everybody, once again, it's another um, episode of the Ambar Podcast. Once again, my name is Brian Barcelo, here with Mike Baluja. I was saying Baluja. How's it, um, you pronounce that? Baluja. 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 Almost, I say it's like Spanish, like um, like exactly. Baja. So I got you. Thank you, yeah. Yeah. But um, Baluha, I thought so. That's why I pronounced like because I went online and I hit the little speaker they have when you pronounce things. Well, yeah. because the Indian version of that, and there is an Indian I found out once the internet came on, Baluja, and that's correct. Uh, it is correct, but mine is Spanish, Baluha. Baluha, that's what's up, and thank you for that correction. Um, like I said, um, I'm here with Mike Baluha, right? And um, did the music to the Big Guava. Make sure you guys check out that book. And once again, who's that by, right? Uh, Doc Charles, a.k.a. West Singletary. All right. Thank you. And everybody, make sure you check out our previous Yambar podcast and be on the lookout for our upcoming guests. And always remember that the Yambar podcast is the place where you make it happen. Once again, I'm Brian Barcelo here with Mike Baluha. <laughs> Did I say that right? You got it. <laughs> All right. Peace, everybody. Thank you, right. Mike. Thank you.